Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Hey friends, it's another week of the Switch Leader Podcast. My name is Josh Baldwin. I'm your host and I'm here again with my friend James Meehan and excited to talk to you today about how to grow your small group. Now, even if you're not a small group leader, understand that there are different areas of your life that you're a leader and it will be really important for you to listen to this episode because we're going to give you some practical ways to grow in many areas of your life. But the way that you grow your small group is the way that you kind of grow anything as a leader. And so James is going to give us uh, some good pointers. James is a small group leader himself. And so I'm excited to hear maybe a little bit of how this is applied to you as a small group leader, James, but also how all of our leaders can apply this to their own lives. Yeah, absolutely. I think I really like what you said there, Josh, about how the way that we grow our small group is kind of the way that we grow anything. And so what I would say is a couple of the big ingredients are, number one, do you have a clear vision? Number two, are you actively working toward that vision? And number three, are you inviting your students to work with you toward that vision? Right. So as a church, we have a very clear mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Hopefully you hearing me say that is like the thousandth time you've heard somebody (laughs) say that about life church. We have a really clear vision for who we are and what we believe that God has put us on this planet to do. And while we know that we cannot be the best at everything, if we can be the best at one thing, this is the thing we want to be the best at, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. When it comes to switch, we just add in one change. Instead of saying people in general, we're talking about students middle schoolers and high schoolers. That is our target audience that we are trying to reach with the good news of Jesus so that they can be transformed into the people that God's created them to be. So they can become good news people who share the good news of Jesus with everyone they interact with. So I say that to say, we have a really clear vision for who we are as a church, who we are as a ministry, but what is your vision for your switch group? For me, my very clear vision is I want to be with this group of guys until they graduate. And when they graduate, I want their faith to be deeper, stronger, and more robust than it has ever been. I want my like my students to be the most resilient disciples of Jesus when they graduate high school that like our switch ministry has ever seen. That's my vision. And I am actively working toward that week in and week out when I show up to switch on a Wednesday night. I am doing the best I can every week to move my students one step closer to that vision. And they know that that is my vision for them. They know that I am here for them to become resilient disciples of Jesus, that I am here to help them become the men that God has created them to be. And week in and week out, I remind them of that vision and I ask them to contribute to it by number one, paying attention, Number two, investing in the lives of the other guys in the group. And then number three, inviting their friends to be a part of it. And so what I'm giving you there is just like three really basic principles for building anything. Do you have a clear vision? Are you actively working toward the vision? And are the people that the vision impacts, are they aware what the vision is? And are they aware of how they can contribute to it? Yeah, absolutely. I think of like a great football team. When you see a team that's really, really successful, like right now it's college football season. If you you see a team that's really successful in different conversations and different interviews, different media events, you'll hear the coach 
saying the same things the players are saying. On the most successful teams, you'll hear the coach saying the same things that all the players are saying, and they're saying it because their coach has made sure to instill the vision. Like They know this is what it's going to take to win this game. And they're repeating the same things because they're all on the same page. And it makes a player feel like, hey, I am a part of the game plan. I'm not just going out and implementing your plan, but I understand what it takes to be successful. And that's just like in a small group. It's important that your students understand this is what it will take for us to be successful as a group and for me to be successful in life. Yep. What I love about that too, Josh, is like that idea moves us from just simply allowing our students to be spiritual consumers and we're actively moving them to become spiritual contributors. We want them to know that absolutely Switch on Wednesday night is for them, but it's not just for them, right? Because they are the church and we exist for the world. And when you can help a student get ownership of what they get to be a part of, and that all of us as disciples of Jesus are called to go and make other disciples of Jesus, you will see a pretty cool shift happen in the culture of your small group. One of the things that I like to say is that culture eats content for breakfast. Mm. Culture eats content for breakfast. Now, I'm just stealing that from Patrick Lencioni, a brilliant leadership author who says that culture Mm -hmm. eats strategy for breakfast. But the reason why I say that is because I'm a content guy. Like I love content. I know how valuable it can be, but at the end of the day, the culture that you create as a small group leader will have a larger impact on the growth of your small group and the growth of your students' faith than the content we create ever will. Because a strong culture with bad content can still produce resilient disciples. A weak culture with strong content will not produce resilient disciples of Jesus. And I think one of the best things that you can do is actively work to create a culture where your students aren't just consuming but they see themselves as contributing. Absolutely. If I don't have a good culture, the content could be incredible. But if I don't know how to consume it, if I don't know how to absorb what it is that's being taught to me, then it doesn't really matter. And I think that that's really applicable to you as a small group leader because you're going to sit in a message and you might sometimes hear a really great message that could be challenging your students to grow spiritually, but if the culture isn't for them to have uncommon maturity, to like really, really be invested in how they're growing as an individual. Not, I mean, we want them to come and have fun and be a part of this in a way that teenagers should want to be, right? Like we want it to be a blast, but they should also know when is it time for me to flip the switch and have uncommon maturity where I am so invested in what's happening here, not just because I want my group to look good, not just because like I want to be, respectful, but because I care about how much I can continue to grow as a person and as a follower of Jesus. And I know that for that to happen, I have to be focused. And that that's a part of culture. Amen. What I want to do now is kind of shift from these big high level principles to four really practical things you can do as a small group leader week in and week out. Four practical things you can do as a switch leader week in and week out to help grow your small group, to contribute to a stronger culture at your campus. So the big picture principles, just recap, is having a clear and compelling vision, actively working toward that vision, and making sure the people that are a part of your group, your ministry, our church, know what the vision is and how they can contribute to it. Those are the big principles. Now let's get super practical. For you as a leader, week in and week out, here's how you 
contribute to making all of that a reality. Thing number one, you be consistent. You just show up week Mm -hmm. in and week out because if you're not actually there, you can't do anything to grow your group. And if you're not actually there, eventually your students won't be there either because they are going to follow your lead and your consistency will establish a culture of consistency within your students. That's step one. Step two is you've got to make it personal for you. If your discipleship to Jesus, if your faith in God isn't personal, like if it's not something that is actively changing you, if it's not something that you are passionate about, then your students might hear what you say or hear what the message says, but they're not going to believe it unless you're actually living it. It's one of the most powerful things you can do is after you show up consistently, you make sure that this is something that's personal, that you have a passion to be transformed by the good news of Jesus. Then after you've made the decision to be consistent, you've made it personal for you, make it personal for them. Like be invested in the lives of your students. Like what's going on in their life? How are they feeling about what is going on at home or at school? How are they processing the spiritual truth from the message? Can you help them draw the connections between what we're learning as a ministry and how that might connect to their everyday lives. And when students start to connect those dots, when they start to see how the truth of God's word actually can impact their lives for the better, actually can make them a different person so they can make a difference in the lives of their friends and family members, then they're gonna care at a deeper level. And the fourth thing, so first, be consistent. Second, make it personal for you. Third, make it personal for them. And then fourth, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for your students and pray for God to bring more students because we know that every student who shows up to Switch is going to get into some really great life-giving community. They're going to hear the good news of Jesus. And those two things by themselves are absolute game changers when it comes to the challenges that students are navigating. And if you continue to pray for God to work in the hearts of your students who are there and to bring students who maybe aren't there yet. It's only a matter of time before you see your small group start to grow. And I'll add to that. When you pray, let your students know what you're praying about and let them know when you're hearing answers to prayers. I've been struggling to get good rest lately. I haven't been sleeping great. And my kids are aware of that. And so when we pray at night, my 10-year-old Sam, over the last week, he's been praying, God, I just pray that my dad would get a good rest tonight. And that's been a specific part of his prayer. And for the last three or four days in a row, I have slept really well. It's just like it, Come it on, man. started. And so two nights ago, I said, hey, I just want to let you know, Sam, I've slept really good the last couple of nights. Thank <laughs> you for praying for me. And I know that that bolsters his faith because yes. it's absolutely something he was praying for in the same way that when you're praying for things, let your students know when you're seeing it happen because it will bolster their faith. And then a couple of things I'm going to throw on here at the end uh, that, that I think are really important, and these are going to seem obvious. If you are a small group leader and you are not challenging your students to be inviting their friends, you are missing something, okay? You're missing such an easy win, especially if you're a small group leader of sixth and seventh and eighth graders. If you're not challenging them to be inviting their friends, my goodness, like I, I have a sixth grader. He invites at least 20 kids a week. He hands out (laughs) at least 20 invites at school every week because he's super excited about it. He's all in. And so I think that that's something that you have to make sure that you're doing and think about the age that they are. 
when they get into high school, it's going to get more challenging because they may not be as willing to just randomly go hand out 25 invites, but you still have to be challenging and encouraging them. Who do you know in your life? Who are you close with that you should be having conversations with and encouraging them to be a part of this? And then the other is your students should be serving in the church. And if they're not serving in the church, they're missing some of the best community that they will find outside of your small group. Your small group could serve together and that could still be great community, but this is where it goes from being the consumer to being the contributor. This is where the rubber meets the road. And we want for students to be able to apply just exactly the same thing their leader is applying by serving in the church. So give them the opportunity. Don't ask them. Don't be like, hey, you should totally consider doing this. Say, hey, listen, (laughs) if you consider yourself a part of this church and a follower of Jesus, then it's time for you to get in the game. And so I want you to sign up and start serving. James, is there anything else that you want to share as we wrap up this episode? Dude, I I love all of that. So what we just gave you is a really action-packed episode with lots of super practical things. I would encourage you to like re-listen to it because there's a lot of really good stuff in here. And if you've been trying to figure out how to grow your small group, I'm telling you something or most things in this podcast are going to help you do that. Remember, you can know everything in the world. You can know all the best strategies. If you don't apply any of it, nothing will change. This is a statement that I think is really important to remember. It's a really common one. Healthy things grow and growing things change. And then the thing that I've heard added on to the end of that, that Christine Kane adds is healthy things grow and growing things change and changing things change things. So always be thinking, am I changing things so that in the end, the result can be change? Hey, we love you guys. We thank you so much for being a part of Switch and the time you invest in it. Thank you for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.